<laughs> Man, five weeks and I still don't care to watch Friends. <laughs> uh, Man, what is up, North Star? What's up, HSM? I'm so glad to be here with you this morning. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is not Casey, and it's true. I'm not Casey. No, not as good of hair, not as tall, different voice, maybe a little bit better shoe game, but it's true. <laughs> it's true, it's true. I'm not Casey. Casey actually decided to take a load management day today, and for those of you that don't follow sports, that's NBA talk for a day off. So the starter's out, the backup is in. If I don't live up, come back next week. Casey will be back up here. So um, as you guys know, we've been in a friend series. This is part five of the friend series. Today, we are going to be talking about wisdom, and I want to start off this message with a question. Now, I didn't make this question up. I got this question from one of my favorite pastors, Andy Stanley. You might have heard of him, and I want to share it with us today. So here's the question. Are you a good self-leader? So let me ask it a few different ways. You guys can sit there and think about it, and then I'm going to give you my own personal answer. So are you a good self-leader? Basically what I'm asking is, would you say that you have good self-control? If you had to hire somebody to lead your life and to make decisions for you, are you somebody worth hiring? So I told you, I give you my own personal answer. So I would say a resounding no. I'm not a good self-leader. And here's why I say that. Because I have been a huge part of every bad decision that I have ever made. Newsflash. <laughs> every bad decision. So that's every bad relational decision. Every time that I told Julie I would do something I forgot, that was my fault. I made that bad decision. Um, every bad financial decision, all those midnight cookout runs back in high school, that was my fault as well. Every bad career decision, the staff meeting that I slept through a couple of weeks ago, that was my fault. That's on me. Um, time management decisions, every paper that I decided to write the day before it was due, that was my fault as well. Now, I'm being really, really transparent up here on stage, but here's why I feel comfortable admitting that to you guys here today is because you have also been a huge part of every bad decision you have ever made as well. And you may never have thought of it like that, but let me take it a step further. And you really probably haven't thought of this. This kind of blew my mind as well. Um, you've actually been the mastermind behind your greatest regrets. You've been the mastermind behind your greatest regrets. Now, you might have been influenced by somebody else, and there might have been other people there, but ultimately, you had to convince yourself to participate in whatever your greatest regrets are and whatever my greatest regrets are. And so here's my follow-up question before we get started talking about wisdom. What if somebody else was there to stop you? Would your life look different today than it does and that brings us to our topic here today. As you guys know, we've been in our friend series. This is part five of our friend series. And like I said, we're going to be talking about wisdom. And we've been talking about different friendships in the Bible. The past few weeks, we talked about, talked about David and Jonathan, talked about Naomi and Ruth, talked about Jesus and his disciples. And today, we're going to be talking about Paul and Timothy. And if you're taking notes, um, I titled this message, Friends Bring Wisdom. Go ahead and jot that down. And if you got your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. We're going to be 
in 1 Timothy, and we're actually going to go 1 Timothy chapter 1, the end of it, into chapter 2 is what we're going to be reading. But before we do that, let me give you a little bit of background about who Paul and Timothy are. Paul, as you probably know if you grew up in church, Paul was a Pharisee. He was originally Saul of Tarsus. He was a Pharisee. He was a religious and political leader of his day. Um, He was extremely powerful. He was extremely smart. He would have had the first five books of the Old Testament memorized, and I don't mean Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I mean, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of deep. The earth was without form or void, and then God said, let there be light. I mean, the whole thing he would have had memorized, which is unbelievable to us today. And Paul considered it his mission in life when Christianity started to stomp out Christianity. So if you are not a believer in here and you don't like some Christian people that you know, Paul is your guy. Paul hated Christians. He hated them way more than we ever could. He was actually killing them, persecuting them, and having them arrested. Considered it his mission in life to stomp out this Christian movement. But something happened to Saul, who is going to become Paul in our story, um, he claimed to have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. And I don't know about you, but if you have an encounter with a resurrected dead person, you kind of have to go with whatever they say. So he didn't really have a choice, so he ends up becoming a Christian. He actually ends up becoming the greatest Christian that's ever lived. And he ends up meeting a guy named Timothy, who we're also going to talk about. Now, Timothy, a little bit different. He's a little bit younger than Paul. He was actually raised in a Christian home. And he met Paul along one of Paul's missionary journeys. So Paul came through his town, met Timothy. Timothy, there was a good word on the street about Timothy. So he said, hey, why don't you come along with me? I want you to follow me along. And I want you to eventually take over the church. And so Timothy comes along with Paul. He gets a firsthand experience to some of the greatest missionary journeys ever. And he is eventually going to take over the church. And that's where we pick up our story Today, Timothy is a grown man. He is about 34 years old. Um, He is pastor in the church in Ephesus, and Paul is actually an old man who is about to get his head chopped off by Emperor Nero in Rome. So he's got to pass the torch on to Timothy. He knows his life's about to come to an end. So he writes to Timothy. That's where we get first and second Timothy. And let's go ahead and get into our passage today. Now, while we read this, I want you to think about more of the relationship between Paul and Timothy and the wisdom that Paul's given to Timothy, not necessarily what he says, but more of the dynamic that they've got going on. So here we go. We're going to read a couple of verses, and then we are going to get into our point. So it says, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Holding faith and a good conscience, by rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. So he's, he's reverting back to other people's past experience and saying, don't be like these people. And then here's his instructions to Timothy. So first of all, then I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. So he's telling him, give thanks for people, pray for people. And he goes on, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way. He continues, this is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires for all people to be saved to come to the knowledge of the truth. So that brings us 
to point number one today, which is knowledge is not the same as wisdom. Knowledge is not the same as wisdom. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and jot that down. Let me give you a definition so you can understand a little bit more of what I'm talking about. So knowledge is just the accumulation of facts. Wisdom is actually the application of common sense. So knowledge typically just knows something. Wisdom actually does something about it. Oftentimes we already know the wise thing to do, but we need people to remind us to put it into practice. So if you need a phrase that kind of sticks with you, here it is. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is application. So I think a great example of this is from one of my favorite movies, The Lion King. And who is the old wise guy in The Lion King? Just shout it out. Rafiki, right? Yeah, Rafiki. So Rafiki's a baboon. He's kind of the moral advisor for Mufasa, a mysterious character. We don't know a lot about him. But once Simba kind of goes off to find himself, he's kind of lost his way. What's the thing that Rafiki keeps saying to Simba? His like phrase. It's remember who you are, right? That's what he that's what he keeps saying. And then he gives him the practical steps, go back and take your place as king. But he's not telling Simba, Simba, he's not telling Simba something that he doesn't already know. Simba already knows who he is. He's saying, remember who you are. He's reminding him of who he is. And then he says, now go and take your place as king. So Paul is clearly doing this. He, he makes this really clear in our, in our passage. He's not teaching. Timothy's already a pastor of a church. There's not much he could be taught at this point. He's been with Paul for probably close to 10, 15 years. So he's not teaching Timothy anything Timothy doesn't already know. He's just reminding Timothy of things that Timothy already knows. And that's what wisdom is. So point number two, and you guys already know this, point number two is you become who you hang out with. So if you're in here and you're asking, how do I become wise like this? Well, I'm glad you asked because in the Old Testament, we have the answer from the wisest person to ever live. He wrote a whole book about wisdom. Actually, he wrote three books. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, which is him looking back at his life. He wrote the book of Song of Solomon. Probably shouldn't read that till you're older. And then he wrote the book of Proverbs. I'm, of course, talking about King Solomon. Here's what King Solomon has to say about how we become wise in our lives. And here it is. He says, Walk with the, or this translation is a little bit different than mine, but mine says, walk with the wise and become wise. A companion, or yeah, a companion of fools causes trouble. So walk with the wise and become wise. And you guys already know this. You become who you hang out with. If you spend time with people that get in trouble, you are eventually going to get into trouble. And that's exactly what, what he's talking about. And, and you guys already know. Um, if you spend time with wise people, you start to make wise decisions. It just happens naturally. And this is, this is one of the reasons we love small groups here at North Star, because we need wise people in our lives. We need good people in our lives. And I'm not just talking about the friends that you make at small groups. Those are fantastic. We need those kinds of people. That's exactly what we're talking about. But you, you need one of these amazing small group leaders as well. I can't tell you, just in the few weeks that I've been here at North Star, how much I've learned from, where's Bobby at? See in the room, how much I've learned from Bobby just being in the small group. As, and, and he's supposed to be co-leading with me, but he teaches me so much. So we need, we need small groups. We need good relationships in our life. We need these wise people 
That's why we love small groups here at North Star. Um, and Paul makes this clear, too. Uh, you don't see this in the passage, but um, in a couple of other places in the New Testament, it talks about when Paul actually becomes a Christian, before he ever goes out on his incredible missionary journeys, he actually goes back to Jerusalem to spend time with the other disciples because he's a new Christian. He has no idea what Christianity is all about. He has no idea how to be a Christian. So he goes and he learns from these other Christians, namely Peter and John. So we can take that principle from Paul's life as well. So point number three, wisdom is most helpful before you mess up, not after. Now, we always think about wisdom after we mess up. It's easy to take wisdom after we mess up. If you think about somebody with an addiction checking themselves into rehab, that's after they mess up. Somebody with a problem checking themselves into counseling, somebody with marriage, marriage problems checking themselves into marriage counseling. But wouldn't it be so much better for us to be wise before we mess up. Let me give you a couple personal examples from my own life. So I've got a good friend who's a little bit older than me. His name is Brandon, and Brandon's been married for a few years. And for the past few years that I've known Brandon, he's been teaching me to be a great boyfriend and eventually future husband to Julia. And I'm so thankful for Brandon because isn't it better for me to know how to be a great husband before I've been married for five years? Isn't it better for me to know how to be a great parent before I've got teenagers? Isn't it, isn't it better for Casey to teach me to be a good youth pastor now before I've got a full-time job in my own youth group? And you see this from Paul as well. I love what Paul says to Timothy. I don't have the exact quote, but he, he's reminding Timothy in our first few verses to not make the same mistakes that other people have made. And that's really what wisdom is. Um, you guys have probably heard the quote, the fool learns from his own mistakes, but wise people learn from other people's mistakes. So this is exactly what Paul is commanding Timothy to do. He's saying, don't be like these other people that have made these mistakes. You're better than that. Be wise and go this way instead. Um, a couple more thoughts, and I will be done here today. Um, really, in conclusion, I, I just want you guys to kind of dream with me for a second. Imagine if everybody in this room, this, this is a big room. Imagine if everybody in this room surrounded themselves with a few wise people. What would Cobb County look like in just a matter of weeks? There's, there's probably 100 people in this room. Our decisions would change in, in just a matter of weeks from just a few wise people around us. If we just got in a small group or went to FCA or joined Young Life or, or something like that. Our decisions in the classroom would change. Our decisions in our jobs would change. Out on the ball field, in home, at our, our, at our homes. Our decisions would change. This, 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 we wouldn't even recognize Cobb County in just a few weeks or months if everybody in this room just surrounded themselves with some wise people, and that's myself included. Um, I'm going to leave you with one more thought, and then I'll be done here. Not everybody needs to know something about you, but some people need to know everything about you. You need friendships in your life where you can be completely honest with them and they can be completely honest with you. That's the only way wisdom can take place is if you're completely honest and if you allow them to be completely honest. So not everybody needs to know something about you, but somebody needs to know everything. And I'm so blessed to have these kinds of people in my life. I've got a few good friends that I can be completely honest with and they have definitely been completely honest with me. And you guys, I pray that you guys have these kind of friendships as well, because this kind of friendship changed the world 2,000 years ago, 
and I believe it can do it again. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for every single one of these students in this room. Um, Thank you for the wisdom that Paul gave to Timothy. Thank you for the principles that we can pull from that story. Uh, I pray that we take those and, and apply it to our lives and become more like you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.